Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Welcome back to another episode of Phoenix Rising. It's another solo episode, except it's not the person that you intended. It was probably your impression that you were going to get Kaylee. Sorry for your luck. You've got Coach Julie. So I wanted to take time today to kind of wrap at you guys just a little solo freestyle so I could start babbling. And if I do, well, I'm just sorry. But really what I want to talk to you about is about avoidance, because I feel like a lot of us are struggling right now. The new year is upon us. In some areas, the gyms are probably really picking up. They're getting real crowded. Um, Some of you may have New Year's resolutions or even goals. I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that. I just feel like we should not wait for January 1 to set goals. I think we should be setting goals all year long and keep setting goals and resetting goals and stopping and adjusting goals. I think it should be an an, evolu- an evolutionary process. But if you're a New Year's resolution person and you thought that, that was a great time to start a new goal, more power to you. I think that's great. As long as you're always setting goals and looking for ways to grow, that's the key, always. So the point in me saying this is, some of you, if you're especially if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably set some sort of diet, nutrition, fitness goal. And with January 1 being where we are, sometimes, where are we now? This is going to air on the 29th, so we're about four weeks in to the new year. And this is usually about the time, believe it or not, it's February and March when the gyms get real, real busy. And for some people, especially some of you, that may create a lot of anxiety. And it could be just that it's so many people. It could be that you're new to the gym. But either way, it could create anxiety. And the number one way for most people to deal with anxiety is avoidance. Somewhere in our mind, we have led ourselves to believe that whatever it is that we are afraid of, if we just avoid it, we're safe. Here's the problem though. When you have a fear that makes you afraid, it actually gets stronger the more you avoid it. And the reason for this is kind of like, what's a good analogy? It's kind of like an animal or, um, Maybe an animal is not a good analogy, but I mean, if you're here for diet and nutrition, then maybe you'll appreciate this one. So if you continuously feed yourself food, you're going to gain weight. It's going to be, you're going to get bigger, right? So if you treat this fear as your body, the more you feed that fear by continuing to avoid it and continuing to tell yourself these stories that we make up and that we feed ourselves, the more and more and more that you are feeding that fear. 
the stronger it's going to get, the more afraid you're going to get until eventually you are in full-blown panic mode and just the thought of whatever that fear is is going to get bigger and it's going to get worse and it's going to get harder to cope with. And so this doesn't have to be just related to the gym. I just know that there is a lot of gym anxiety out there. People are afraid to go in the gym. People are afraid to start new a new gym um, because somewhere along the line, we got this impression that gyms were the most judgmental place on the face of the earth. And honestly, that is exactly the opposite. Gyms are usually the most supportive places on earth. I mean, you will occasionally have a random gym douchebag who's going to throw shit around, who's going to be super noisy and grunty, he's going to not wipe off his machines and have his nasty-ass sweat dripping everywhere. He may be a big-ass guy with a big-ass ego and a tiny dick that feels like he needs to brush past you and kind of body-check you when he walks across the gym. You're always going to have douchebags everywhere. Not just They're not exclusive to the gym. You're always going to have douchebags. But that saying, one bad apple ruins the bunch, is very, very true. And I think this is maybe where this comes from, because believe it or not, there are a lot of those guys, you know, the, you know the guy. The guy, when I say a gym bro, you, you painted a picture in your head when I said that. And you probably pictured somebody in like a stringer cutoff tank top with a big ass chest Big ass arms, the bodybuilder type, headphones on. That's probably what you pictured. Those guys are the ones that nine times out of ten, if you were to walk up to them when they're on a break, do not talk to them while they're in the middle of a set. But if you were to walk up to them while they're on a break and say, hey, man, I can appreciate what you've been able to do with your body. Would you mind giving me a couple pointers? Would you mind showing me the right form? Would you mind checking my form? Could you help me take these weights off this rack? I bet if you ask them really nicely and you approach them with respect like they are a human because they are, I bet that they you would find that they are the nicest person and the most willing to help you out because most of those people started somewhere. They were that new person in the gym at one point and they were the person that needed help. And sometimes they got help from those bodybuilding looking Guys that people think of as gym douches or gym bros. So you have to give these people a chance. You can't label them and judge them without trying. Now, if you ask them a question and they're a complete tool to you, by all means, label them how you want, judge them how you want. But you can't do that. So my point here is, is I don't want to get off on this gym going, gym anxiety tangent because this is avoidance about all things. So an example personal to me is for a long time because of my gut condition, which we've all talked about my gut condition, you guys are all aware of it. I was terrified of traveling because I had, when my gut condition first started, I was, I would have terrible, terrible, uncontrollable diarrhea. So the thought of being in a car, in a plane, on a train, however, on a boat, in a moat, wherever, on my way to somewhere, not knowing when I would be able to get to a bathroom, not being able to have a bathroom readily available to me was super, super fucking scary. 
because it is absolutely humiliating to be an adult and then to think that you may actually like lose control of your bowels and shit your pants. And some of you might be laughing right now and that's okay. But that's the point though, is you're laughing because unless you are like super, super sick, like food poisoning, most adults, unless they have medical conditions, do not poop their pants. So of course that's humiliating. So this is where we get into the stories that we told ourselves. This was the story I told myself. I can't travel because I have a gut condition. I can't travel because I don't know if I'll get sick. I can't travel because I don't know if I can trust my gut. I can't travel because I might poop my pants. I can't travel because I can't count on knowing that I'm okay and can get somewhere. And the end goal of this whole thing, this whole journey of mine, was to get to where I was comfortable living my life, whether that meant travel, eating at restaurants, going to conferences, whatever it meant. But I had a really long ways to go here because there's a town that I frequent 30 miles from my house. We go over there a lot just for a day trip. Just it's a bigger city than where I live. They have a lot more to offer as far as entertainment, stores, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's nothing to just go, hey, you want to go to Joplin? Yeah, I want to go to Joplin. Okay, let's go. Pick up and go in an afternoon. I wouldn't go. It didn't matter if I had to go to the doctor. It didn't matter if I needed to get something at a store. It didn't matter. I wasn't going to Joplin because I could get sick. And going to Joplin is like if you live in a big city like Kansas City, Omaha, Dallas, wherever, you know, driving across town, if you have to get on the interstate, sometimes can take 30 minutes. And I wouldn't do it because I could get sick. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. And so do you know how many times I actually lost control of my bowels and didn't make it to the bathroom? One. And I was at home. But that one time put such a fear in me that I couldn't do it. Because the story I told myself was I was incapable. And that made me unsafe because the thought of losing control of my bowels would be humiliating to me. And being humiliating would make me feel less than. It would make me feel inferior. And nobody wants to feel those ways. So I avoided it. And it got to where I avoided it and avoided it and avoided it for several years. To where when I actually had to travel for work, I had to go to Michigan for a week. It was required for my job. I didn't fly. That's a whole nother story. But I did not fly. I drove. And I did not drive myself. At the time, I believe I would have been 
it would have been six years ago. So I would have been like 31 years old. My mom and my stepdad took vacation from work and they loaded up their car with me in it and they drove me 13 hours to Michigan so that I could spend a week working and they decided to find some sites along the way to fill their days because they had to drive me 13 hours to Michigan and back. But here's the thing, though, is, yes, I have loving, supportive family, but I would not have been able to do that even with my loving, supportive family if I didn't start changing my narrative, if I didn't start changing the way that I spoke to myself. And so the key to me doing this was, before this trip, I had already started venturing out small distances. First, I started with that 30-minute trip to Joplin. Great, I can do that. I got to where I could do that again. So I gained some confidence. And then I made it eventually to Kansas City, which was easy because I have family in Kansas City. It's about a, an hour and a half from my house. So I knew that I just had to get an hour and a half to Kansas City, and then I had family there. So if something happened... I would be okay. They would take care of me and they wouldn't make me feel any sort of way. And so then I got confidence to where I was going to Kansas City once a week, an hour and a half there and back. So when I got ready to take this trip to Michigan, I knew that if I could just make it every hour and a half, if there was a stop at least an hour and a half each, every hour and a half, I knew I'd be okay. And so this is the key here is if something makes you anxious, you have to expose yourself to it. You cannot avoid it. The best way to beat anxiety is to go headfirst through it. Put your hard hat on, buckle down, grit your teeth, and go right through the middle of it. If you keep avoiding it, you're going to grow it. You don't want to grow it. So here's the key. And this is actually labeled a technique in cog cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's actually called exposure, exposure, I believe it's exposure response prevention, ERP. And so what this means is literally what it says. You expose yourself in little doses to whatever it is that you're afraid of or that makes you anxious. And you keep expanding the amount of time, expanding the exposure, intensifying the exposure until eventually your body learns that it is not a threat. So what this looks like is, for instance, my, go back to my travel example, I started with a half hour and I knew that half hour was doable. I could do a half hour. So then I worked up to an hour and a half, which was easy because an hour and a half to Kansas City, I knew that a half hour into Kansas City, there was a stop for me. There was Fort Scott. And then another half hour or so after that, there was another stop. So you see how I used these half hour increments that I could build up to an hour and a half. And so I used these half hour and hour and a half increments to get me through an entire 13 hour trip. I knew that I had a stop at least somewhere between a half hour and an hour and a half. And if I could just keep stacking on those time periods, those time blocks, I could make it. So that's what I kept telling myself this whole trip. When I got in the car, once we hit that hour and a half mark, I started to get real anxious. And I did this on my honeymoon too, even after I'd been traveling for 
almost five years at that point. I did the same thing on my honeymoon. Once I got past that hour and a half block, which became so comfort to me, like that was my comfort zone, I got real, real anxious. And this is where we decide how we're going to talk to ourselves. When I got an hour and a half into that trip or to Michigan or an hour and a half into that trip on my honeymoon, if I would have said, I can't do this, you're right, I couldn't do it. I would have shut down. We would have had to stop. We would have turned around. I wouldn't have done it. There's a, a cliche staying out there that's not exactly all that cliche. And it's, if you think you can't, you're right. I say it's cliche because people label it as such, but realistically, there's a lot of truth to that. So once I got to that hour and a half mark and I started to feel the anxiety, I had to choose how I was going to talk to myself in that moment. I could either say, I can't do this, or I could say, that's the same distance as it is from here to Kansas City. If I can do that, I can do it again. Where's the next stop? Okay, the next stop's an hour away. I can do that because that's less than an hour and a half. What's the next stop after that? An hour and a half? Okay, I can do that. So I knew that I had those hour and a half blocks. And then eventually it got to where just this last year, I took a train. The first time I've ever ridden a train in my life. I took a train eight, almost nine hours, I think, from Kansas City to Chicago. And I never once got anxious never. I was fine. I was anxious on my way to the train station, but then once I got on the train, I don't know what it was, but I was just calm. And so here's my point here is you can use this ERP type of practice without being a psychologist or a counselor or a psychiatrist. All you have to do is expose yourself to whatever fear or anxiety you have, whatever that trigger is. Is it going to be hard? Hell yes, it's going to be hard. If it wasn't going to be hard, you would have already done it and you wouldn't have the anxiety. It's going to be hard. Sometimes you might feel triggered. And, you know, we could be talking about a wide array of anxiety triggers here. We could be talking about, you know, dogs from somebody who's been attacked by a dog. We could be talking about spiders. We could be talking about the gym. We could be talking about any type of fear and they're on a spectrum of things that some people may think are silly and things that are super, super, super scary. And it doesn't matter. You can use this practice on all of them. So I put it out for you there. I kind of spelled it out and walked you through how I used it for traveling, but let's take it to that gym. Okay. So say you're new to the gym this year. Excuse me, I had a hiccup. Say you're new to the gym this year. You pull into the parking lot. There's a lot of people in there. You're really, really nervous. You don't really know what you're doing. You don't know what machines you want to use. You don't know anything. And so you pull into the parking lot. You can see in the window there's people in there. And your first thought is, and this is where you make a choice. Is your first thought going to be, I can't do this? I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to look like a fool. Or are you going to think, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes. I can do this for 10 minutes. That's the first choice you make. 
And if you choose to talk to yourself in a productive manner, you have to be positive to yourself. You have to be encouraging to yourself. You would not look at your friend who pulled into the gym and said, I can't do this, I'm leaving. You would not say, yeah, you're going to look like a fool. Get the hell out of there. If you're a good friend, you'd say, yes, you can do this. Talk to yourself the way you'd talk to a friend or anybody else. Better yet, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your own child. If your own child was afraid and they said, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, what are you going to tell them? Yes, you can, buddy. I'm right here. Tell yourself that same thing. Show up for yourself. So back to the example. You pull into the parking lot. Let's say you've made the choice. You're going to talk productive to yourself. I can do this. Go into the gym. Find a machine you know how to use. Something real simple. Even if it's just a stationary bike or a treadmill. Something really simple. Just get yourself in there. Get yourself on one of those machines that you know for sure how to use. And tell yourself, okay, I'm going to stay for 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. And walk or ride that bike for 10 minutes. Look around. Get a feel for the gym. Get a feel for the people that are there. Watch how they use the machines. And if 10 minutes is all you can do, 10 minutes is all you can do. Go home. You made it. You did it. And the next day, make it 15. The next day, maybe make it 15 minutes, but try a different machine. It's like progressive overload for your mind instead of your muscles. You got to keep adding on to it, whether it be time or a different challenge. So a different machine, a little bit more time, whatever it is. Maybe you talk to somebody, say hi. But the more you do this, the more you are training your brain that you are safe. And there is no reason to avoid it. But the best way to reinforce all of your fears and your anxieties is to avoid them. Avoidance is not the answer. If you're wanting to grow and level up and try new things, you have to look at the way you talk to yourself. You have to look at the stories that you tell yourself, the narratives that you're su subscribing to about yourself. You have to change the way you think about yourself, the way you talk to yourself. You have to be encouraging. You have to tell yourself that you are worth living an anxiety-free life. You're worth a life of peace. You're worth feeling like you deserve to go into the gym because you do. You're worthy of taking up space in the gym just like everybody else. You're worthy of growing. You're worthy of not being afraid. You're worthy of feeling safe. And you need to believe that. You need to believe that you're worth taking the time to release yourself from these fears. You're worth feeling free. You're worth an anxiety-free life. But avoiding it is going to go completely in the opposite direction. So I've wrapped at you for about 20 minutes now. So I am going to go ahead and just call it before I just get off on some tangent. But to summarize... To put it real succinctly, 
if there's anything out there that you were avoiding because it makes you anxious for any reason, it doesn't matter what the reason is, avoiding it is making it worse. I guarantee that if you're avoiding the dishes because you hate the dishes, avoiding it's not going to make you like them anymore when you go back to them. So you might as well just do them. Avoidance isn't getting you anything in life. It's making your fears worse. It's crippling you. And it's keeping you have a sink full of dishes for just that much longer. They're still going to be waiting there for you. So, avoidance is definitely not the answer. And I encourage you all, the next time you try to avoid something or put it off or procrastinate, to let yourself know that that's not serving you. And you don't value avoidance. All right, guys, that is it for me for today. Hopefully next time we'll be back with Coach Kaylee. Maybe I'll join her. We'll just see how that all plays out. But I hope you guys are enjoying the 2023 year so far. We're four weeks in, and hopefully it is bringing you all the happiness in the world because you're worth it. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.